Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, seen Wednesdays on the Sports Collectors Daily Facebook page and the Great American Collectibles Facebook page. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by the National Sports Collectors Convention and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now your hosts, Tom Zappala and Boston sports personality, John Mallory. <clears throat> I feel a lot of pressure I need that I need to be more personable, given that I'm a personality. Like, I feel like I need to... For, let's, let's qualify this. Okay. <laughs> all right. I mean, first of all, you're not that personable. <laughs> and you're a Boston, local Boston personality. You've done a great job. You write for all these. I, I wasn't looking for you. don't need to. You know. I don't need to be built By up. By the way, you, I, I've read some of your articles for Barrett's. Barrett Sports Media. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you. Very nice. It's a fun thing to write for. Good outlet. Oh. A lot yes. of... Uh, a lot of readers. Like my kidding? Twitter and Instagrams get. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great, you know. And yeah. I mean, and they're wired into, you know, all the biggies. Yeah, he good. really has done a good job with that. My name's Tom Zappala. But enough about me. <laughs> Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show. My pal, JM, Johnny Mallory in the house. Rico is. I just talked to Rico. I know. When I walked in, you were talking yeah, to Yeah, you know what yeah. he was doing? What? On his way to Dunkin' Donuts. Fantastic. That's, you know, that's his life. I wish I was him. Hey, we got a great show today. We've got our good friend, Brian. Uh, Drent from Mile High Card Company, and uh, Brian's a great guy. We have Mike Russick later on from Gray Flannel. I don't want to make anyone feel bad, but I think Brian Drent is my favorite guy to talk to. Brian's good. Yeah. You know why? Why? Because you can go in any direction with him. He doesn't that, care. That's exactly what I mean. There's only two people that, that's, that are like that, him and who else? One other person. Well, like your that. boy Grady can do. Grady's that. the same way. Yeah. Grady doesn't give. He doesn't give yeah. give a crap what we talk about. Right. You know. Right. But but the difference between him and Grady is, <laughs> Grady honestly is a little unstable. Yeah. Well, my and also Brian is sober. Right. So. Right. All right. So uh, Brian, how are you, buddy? I know he's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Hey, you I like want to. I want to mention. Uh, the we're going to be talking about this a lot as we go forward. Uh, <laughs> into, I'm sorry about that. As we go forward. Well, actually, you know why? Can I? Can I? I'm going <laughs> to hang our laundry out because I saw Brian in the left screen, so I thought he was on with us. My apologies. I, I'm, it's my fault, Chris. Couple, couple I, years down the track, I, I know. I've only been doing this a couple of years. Left, the show, left screen is off screen. I didn't realize that when the show started. I talked before he talked, and that threw completely him threw him off his game. So. That's right. That's true. But anyway, we could have uh, a headline. That'd be good. Thank God this is I, just <laughs> this is just rehearsal. No. Thank God. All right, but anyway, uh, I, I this is going to be the headline. Uh, we're going to be talking about this going forward for quite a while. Uh, in March, uh, I'm going to be in uh, Florida, as is Rico. Uh, we're going to be down there for the, for the winter. And we are going to be doing a fundraiser, local fundraiser down there for Little Smiles. It's a children's charity. And it really is, they do a phenomenal job. 93 cents of every dollar goes directly to the kids. Okay. And what this Little Smiles is all about, it's a charity for kids that are terminal, kids that are in hospitals, kids that have, have been exposed to tragedies, kids that are homeless, 
They do an amazing job. So we're going to be doing a, a fundraiser at a local restaurant down there. County, it's a great restaurant. It's an Italian restaurant owned by some Boston guys. Oh, perfect. And the place is going to be packed because that's where all the Boston people hang out. Um, so it's going to be March 2nd. Uh, it's called Little Smiles. We're going to be posting a link. Uh, the website We'd love you to make a donation for you folks that are obviously not in Florida because it's not going to be alive. We're not going to do the show. It's not a show. It's in a, a live it, event. It's going to be a live event. Right. But we're going to be showing uh, the website. You can make a link. Uh, you can make a donation using the link. And if you do make a donation, just mention GAX, G-A-C-S, uh, that it's through the Great American Collectible Show, GAX. Awesome. So it's, uh, we're, we're going to be talking more and more about it. Uh, Rico's going to do a commercial spot for them. And if you're down there, we would love for you to show up because there's going to be some other local Boston sports celebrities there that we're working on. So nice. It's going to be fun. All right. Uh, that's the headline. I'm not going to read the headline. That was the headline. How's that? Okay. All right. Let's chat with Brian. Brian, uh, you've got a. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. You've got a an auction going on right now. Uh, but the first question that I want to ask you, and this is like the this is like the show title today, Brian, has the hobby changed over the years that you've been in it? And if it has, how has it changed? Oh yeah, it's changed dramatically. I mean, from the time I got into this. I mean, I started setting up big baseball card shows when I was 15 years old in 1983. So obviously from that standpoint, just uh, by a sheer, uh, I don't know, 40 years, things obviously have changed. But uh, with that said, I got into this full time in March of 97. And there's so much more exposure to the hobby and, and you know, quite honestly, you know, we can refer to it as a hobby, but now it's become a, a business. And so our business is at the forefront of things, uh, whereas we used to be a, a cottage industry at best. Now, now we're, you know, uh, an industry unto ourselves. So uh, uh, there's more information on how to collect more resources, um, you know, th th it's a tremendously different uh I, I use air quotes hobby than it used to be. So when you started, no when you started greatly, and I, I expect them to change greatly going forward. When you started full time in '97, Brian. By the way, I was uh, 11 then. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Just about to go into sixth grade. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you actually had retired by then, hadn't you? Um, was there internet then? Were you using the internet then, or did that come no, after? I didn't use the internet at all. Yeah. In fact, uh, I remember the very first time uh, Lewis Bowman, actually, who works for Memory Lane, great guy. Yeah. And he was running his own smaller auctions then, and he asked me to send him a scan of a card. <laughs> and I shit you not, I didn't know what he was talking no about. No kidding. I had no damn idea, and I still don't know how to send a scan. <laughs> Are you uh, serious? <laughs> See, Ellen, Ellen does all that for me, Brian. Do you, yeah. think, do you think the internet was the single biggest wave of change that came in this business? Yeah, no question. I would about say it. so, I remember right? I mean, very early on, uh, maybe at that time, uh, you know, maybe Mastro 
uh, had, had developed the ability to take bids online. Yeah. And we, you know, Mile High Card Company was very small. We were a smaller auction house at that point in time. And I knew, even though I barely knew how to turn the computer on, and I literally did not know how to scan a card, and I truly don't still know how. I have always contended that if I have to do the scanning, we're in trouble. <laughs> but you know uh, something, Brian? In, in 97, I was by, I, you know, you asked yeah. the question about the internet. Yeah. And, you know, I... The the in, the auction houses for a guy like me and for collectors was not even on the radar. It, eBay, it was all oh, eBay, eBay yeah, driven right. at the time. I mean, that's when I think I think eBay had a tremendous amount to do with the evolution of the hobby. There's no question, but I, I tell you, eBay really hit their stride, so to speak. I remember ninety eight, ninety nine. People would make mention. Well, I'll just put it on eBay. I didn't even know what eBay right. was. Right. And I, you know, some dealers, including myself, we kind of scoffed at that. Like, uh, and uh, you know, at that point in time, we were doing Mile High Card Company was me, my dog. Um, you know. Wait, did your dog do all the scanning back? Was that <laughs> he had a better idea how to do it than I did? Uh, but that said, it was literally um, you know a couple guys would come over and help me with the auctions, and we had th- I had three phone lines, and I would have two, three, four hundred lots, whatever it may be, and we ha- I had a pieces of paper. And I turned them horizontally, and they would have the lot numbers on the side with a little brief that's, description. That's gold. That is gold. <laughs> Boxes drawn out. Yeah. Drawn out with the bids, and then the next bid increment, the next bid increment, that is the next gold. bid increment. So- and below that, there was a slash, and we would put the bidder number <laughs> in that box. And we had four or five pieces of paper. That is, that is classic. Paul, the first thing they would do is yell that they'd been trying to get through for 20 minutes. And then we'd <laughs> say, hey, uh, what lot did you want to bid on? And then they would run off some lots. And only half, a quarter of the lots would be on your page because there's three more pages. <laughs> oh, and there's somebody else has them. And so we would just keep handing back and forth the pieces of paper. Classic. Classic. So, we got, we, we're and then, so I knew early on, like I said, even though I wasn't a computer guy and I – you know, not a lot of people were. I knew we had to get to a place where we could get to the, taking bids online. You know something, though? Uh, getting back, to, uh, I think this is where Bill Mastro really, at the time, uh, controlled the, the hobby. Is because, no question. Well, you know what it was, though? It was his catalog. Uh, because uh, he used to, I mean, he used to. He, that's Mastro, what I was going to ask. Mastro, catalogs. He called his business yeah. was called MastroNet. Yeah, but yeah. his catalog was like the only ca- catalog I think at the time, Brian. Like I'm talking about a slick catalog. Elins yeah, might have done it, but uh, I can tell you guys that the catalog used to come, and I had an office in my upstairs bedroom, and my wife would work from home then. Uh, and the catalog would come, and she knew 100% not to, you know, just let me be for three or four right. hours. That's and Lee, and, and Josh finished catalog. Yeah, and I would I wouldn't say a word during the three or four hours. I would just be engrossed. And I've told Bill this, and, and uh, 
And, and I would look up and I would just shake my head and I would say, I don't know how they do it. Where's it all come from? Couldn't and then my wife would laugh and say, you say the same thing every time. <laughs> I mean, and that you have to understand that was like, wow. Yeah. I used to look forward to it. And then after that, I think right after that, the next guy to come out with it was Josh Evans. I think Leland's was kind of right behind that. And I have customers that tell me that they literally would take off from their job to go home because they knew the catalog was coming Oh, it was back. great. And of course, I mean, you don't know about Masternet, but unfortunately, Bill went down the tube. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. He's, yeah. he's still around. You know, he, he's, you know, he's uh, not a bad you know, guy. He really isn't he, a bad guy, you know, but. Guy, great heart. Um, you know, but certain situations arose. So is he, we'll is just he still in that. business? But no, he, uh, I think um, for the modern day hobby, especially auction houses, what, whatever way you want to look at it, and, and I can tell you that a lot of my fellow contemporaries in the auction business, be it J.P. Cohen, be it, uh, you know, uh, the guys at Heritage or, uh, you know, uh, you know, Mike over at, at uh, Leland's, you could ask us to a person, would we be doing this without the the head start that Bill Mastro gave Absolutely this business? Agree with you. I could tell you, um, maybe we would, but it wouldn't maybe look the way it does. I, I right. couldn't agree with you more. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. We had chatting with Brian Drent from Mile High Card Company. Did you have a question? No, I actually was going to say, back then, was it catalogs? That, oh, it was that unbelievable. Went, and then you led right into it. So, yeah. Yeah, those those catalogs were fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. I used to spend hours going through them like, holy Jesus. Yeah. It was great. Brian, you've got a M116 Wagner in your in your auction. That, sure. That card, and I'm being honest with you, I had one, I sold it, and I did very well with it. Point, mm -hmm. point being... Uh, that card and the E90-2 seem to have really, over the last year, kind of exploded. Uh, yeah. Is it because of the fact that it's, it's, it's pretty much the same image as the T206? And obviously, yeah, it's very it close. It's a very close image. For whatever reason, um, and, and everything's cyclical. We've talked about that before in this uh, business. Um, but... Honus Wagner is so hot. Obviously, the results uh, of uh, the authentic T206 that we sold in the last auction right. for a million nine sixty eight, and you know, but his other cards always dragged behind Cobb, and now they've really made an emergence, and, and in some instances, actually have surpassed Cobb in terms of price. And the M116, and like you noted, the E90-2. Uh, have kind of really jumped to the forefront. And I think a lot of it is exactly what you're talking about, just attributable to the fact that they, they resemble the T206 card. I want to talk a little bit about this Bob Cousy uh, card you no, have in the please, auction. I get sick. Yeah. I get Why? I never told you the story. Oh, God. Just real quickly. <laughs> Go ahead. Ellen and I were at an auction yeah. in Vermont, right? I went there to buy a T206 Ty Cobb card, bat on the shoulder. I got outbid. The guy really spent way more than it was worth. Right. So we stayed till the end of the auction, and we're walking out finally. There's like eight people left in the audience. <laughs> One of the last lots, Brian, was a complete 
Tops 1957 set. Okay. Ungraded. The whole set. I bought it. $450. Did that have Brian, would rest- that be a home run today? That would be a home run. That, that set, number one, uh, obviously it features two Boston legends in, 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 in the rookie and the and then Bill Russell. But people don't know, in, in reference to the 57 top set or 57 football set, the basketball set is plagued. Uh, more so than any of the others Absolutely. by the print in the background. And I think a lot of it's just attributable to the fact that all those cards have dark backgrounds. And they did. So that print really pops off of it. So let me ask you this question. And So I, I pulled I pulled my favorites, Heinz and Kuz, Russell, uh, I don't know who else, and I sent them off to get them graded. And they all came back threes, fours, maybe one or two fives. The Russell sure. came back a four. You know what I did? I flipped the whole set for eleven hundred bucks. Made a killing. I was so thrilled. Yeah, yeah, right. Kept it a couple of months. Right. Flipped it. A- what would that be worth now, Brian? With with just those five or six cards graded fours <laughs> to sixes and every- <laughs> fifteen, seventeen thousand. Well, but you oh. almost tripled your money. 1100 bucks. <laughs> That's what he was telling Ellen. I can give up on this. Oh, Ellen, we're a home run. This is a home run. We don't see a lot of we don't see a lot of koozie out there. Could you just talk about that card in particular that's in the auction? Yeah. Brian? No, that's a card that like like you said, you don't see, you don't encounter 57 basketball near yeah. to the the, the numbers of 57 football or 50 obviously baseball. Uh, so you don't run into it very often. Um Centering's always an issue. Like we discussed, the yeah. print uh, quality is horrendous on those cards. And so you've got to find cards without print, fairly well centered, obviously, and then throw in, you know, near mint to mint corners. This card is spectacular. It literally looks um, borderline almost like a higher grade than it is. It's got, you know, at its worst point, it probably is. 60 40 so it just doesn't qualify for the 8.5 but the corners are sharp enough to be that that's cool and it's a card that we've seen really a measurable growth i mean i think the last one sold for towards fifty thousand dollars. and and johnny before obviously you're all kidding aside you're a lot younger than me i can remember vividly vividly my dad taking me to the garden on numerous occasions, numerous occasions, and seeing Cousy and Ru- oh, Russell. Man. I mean, I probably saw 10 or 12 games as a little kid wow. with Sanders and, yeah. you know, all those, those guys. Those guys that won eight straight. Uh, yeah. that, that was just the an amazing crew. time. Yeah, I can imagine. Amazing time yeah. just to see those guys. Yeah. And Kuz is, what, 90-something still? Still kicking. Still kicking. I he's, still see him doing documentaries, doing talking He's like stuff. 94 yeah. or something, yeah. you know? So. And he was a great um, – he was really fun to listen Brian, he was a local. He did Celtics games locally for many years mm-hmm. on television. <laughs> Couldn't pronounce his R's, you know. So we would, when a guy would do like a, a fancy movie, he'd call it French pastry, but it would come French, out French pastry. French, French pastry. Really, like his R's he came out as W's, but he was very charismatic. And he yeah, was great. he was good. He Just was great. Good. And then Heinsohn took over, and Heinsohn right. was even better. Heinsohn was but, awesome. No, yeah. the best, before we take a break, the best color man of all time for the Celtics was Red Auerbach, where <laughs> after he retired, he became the TV's color guy, right? He would jump out of his chair and start yelling at the refs on the air. Hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely hysterical. Great. All right, we're Great chatting characters. with Brian Drent. We're going to take a quick break. Brian is with us for the hour. Uh, when we come back, another Gax moment. Hang in there. We'll be right back.
Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. For more than 30 years, Robert Edward Auctions has been the industry leader when it comes to helping you realize the most money for your baseball cards and sports memorabilia. In addition to their unparalleled reputation for honesty and integrity, they reach the largest number of bidders in the business and offer lower seller's fees, as well as generous cash advances up front on your valuable material. Contact them today at 908-226-9900. That's 908-226-9900 or at robertedwardauction.com. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Are you a collector looking for that rare trading card or autograph ball or photo? If so, then PB Collectibles in Newport is the place for you. PB Collectibles has graded cards, raw cards, complete sets, and wax boxes of the stars of the future, today, and from the past. We also offer a large selection of both vintage and modern cards. So whether you're looking to add to your collection or sell it, visit us at PB Collectibles, 269 Spring Street in Newport, located across from St. Mary's Church. We are your neighborhood card shop and much more. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports. 
specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Welcome to another Gax Moment brought to us each week by our good friend Paul Borges and PB Collectibles, your neighborhood card shop. Go to PBCollectibles.com to find that special card or piece of memorabilia. You know, periodically... Uh, we like to bring in items or talk about hobbyists, collectors, followers of the show. Um, this week, very interesting. There are collectors and then there are collectors. Many of us have man caves and our offices where we display some of our cards or memorabilia. I personally have a few pieces uh, in my office and I sometimes rotate them. Uh, you know, I have quite a few pieces of memorabilia, but I like to rotate them periodically for my own uh, edification. Uh, I enjoy looking at them. If somebody walks into my office, it may be a little conversation piece. Others have rooms and offices that look like museums. For instance, uh, Jeremy Dunstan is a collector who has an interesting man cave and is on a mission. Uh, as you can see, pretty interesting man cave. Right now, Jeremy's room consists of over 14,000 cards. His mission is to enter his collection into the Guinness Book of Records. I, I think I would get a headache, but it's absolutely his man cave. It took Jeremy three years to complete the room. Point being here, if you have the room, these little sanctuaries that collectors create bring a sense of joy and accomplishment. It's a pleasure to share your collection when friends visit and point out your favorite pieces or your favorite cards. This is a really good example of a hobbyist who loves the hobby and has an affinity for cards. It's important that you make sure, though, that you have proper security measures in place to protect your collection, as well as the insurance to cover it. It's really, really important. I can't stress that enough. Jeremy has spent years building his. Congratulations, Jeremy, on your accomplishment. Well done. And that's another Gax moment. JM, what do you think of that collection? Um... Uh, I was, you know, we're looking at it here on the screen, and yeah. are his cards on this walls? So? Yeah, yeah. He's got a whole room. So he, are they covered with, like, a are they in a plastic? Nope. He's got them glued to the wall. So he doesn't care about selling these cards. He's just going for numbers. Exactly. And he, we were talking, and he, he told me that. As a matter of fact, believe it or not. I'm guessing there's not, like, a 33 Gaudi roof. No, but he's got, he's got about a half a dozen mantles on the wall. And he is just, you and know. a pool table in the middle. Yeah. And he, you know, he, he was telling me via email that he, uh, he's, he dedicated the room to his mother and father, I guess, because I guess his dad was a big collector. And it's his, it's his man cave. He's got it, a pool table. He's got his TV in there. And it's a big room. It plays into, and Brian can comment on this too, it plays into what we talk about on the show all the time, which is 
collecting for the love of it, right? right? And, and what he's trying, like everyone has a goal. Sometimes you're collecting a certain set, a certain year, a certain brand. Exactly. This dude's going for pure numbers, and that's part of it, right, Brian? I mean, I mean it's like to each his own. Brian, right? that's part of the hobby, right? Collect, you know, and we all, we've talked about this before, but you got to stress, you know, find what you're passionate about. Right. Uh, whether it's a team, whether it's a, a certain set, whether it's a run of top sets, whatever it may be, and, and collect that. You know, if it's memorabilia, if it's cards, whatever it is that strikes your fancy, you know, that it, it, we, we all do this for fun. Well, that's what the point is, is, I mean, you're a card guy. Like Mike's coming on later on, Mike Russick, and Mike's a memorabilia guy. And, yeah. you know, you both specialize in what you specialize in. And it's it's like whatever you love, whatever your passion is. Now, Brian, I'll be honest with you. I've, you know, I've been collecting cards for how many years? I don't know, 30 years. And I've kind of started gravitating towards memorabilia just to change it up a bit. I enjoy it, you know, and it's, yeah. it is what it is. You no, know? it is. And, um, you know, we've had other people on the show. You know, Tom Rusey was one of, one of our sponsors and has been on the show. He does, he started a whole thing about autograph cards. That was his thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of different people, they do different things. And even as you're going for your whatever, like back in the day, I was collecting cards a lot. Sometimes you use some just for fun. Like a couple of years ago, the, my second favorite football team is the Buffalo Bills. I was online, eBay, whatever, buying Buffalo Bills quarterback jerseys. I might find one for 20 bucks, 15 you know what I mean? So it was, it's the collector mindset. Absolutely. You go for a certain theme and, and you go do it. You know? We are chatting with Brian Drent from Mile High Card Company. Brian, you got a 51 Bowman mantle. What's going on with that card? Is that card picking up any steam or is it stagnant? It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's fallen in right where it should, you know, uh, 400,000 plus, maybe 450, uh, in an eight, like the one we have, uh, it's incredibly well-centered, beautiful, you know, near mint to mint corners. And, and, uh, the key to that card, a lot of times they have print lines. Um, you know, obviously, uh, there's a lot of times that card comes with wax on the back or print blemishes. So the one, you know, featured in this auction is, is really outstanding towards the top end of the grade. And, uh, hopefully, uh, it, it'll find a, a new home on the 14th of this I'm month. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Brian, you have, um, a Joe Jackson, um, card in the, in your lot. And I'm interested both of you guys commenting. Michael Jackson's father? Yes, it was. Yeah, grandfather. <laughs> I was just wondering, both of you guys can comment on this. There's a strange allure, you know, to Joe Jackson. There's a mythology about him. There's a what-if quality about him. There's a sad quality about him, you know, his saga. Um, talk about the, what you have from Joe Jackson, then maybe get into him a little bit, you know, where he fits in in the business a little bit. Yeah, for sure. We have two of them. We have the uh, 1916 Sporting News, the M101-4 in a PSA 7, uh, which is just uh, issued a couple years before. You know, unfortunately, he was part of the Black Sox and got banned from baseball after 1919. And then we also have the uh, 15 Cracker Jack. Uh, that one's in uh, a little bit lower grade, but uh, um, nonetheless, a really important card. Um like you said, there's just an absolute allure, and I think some of it is exactly what you kind of touched on, the uh, sad part of it, what could have been, right. and uh, the unknown, you know, in, in, in coming back to exactly that, the, again, the unknown of what could have been. He got up to such a great start, and then Landis, you know. Point. Uh, removes the eight players from baseball, and amongst them is Joe Jackson. So had that not happened, Brian, had, yeah. had, had the White Sox scandal or Black Sox scandal never took place, 
would he have just fallen into the same category as, uh, you know, Harry Hellman or Mel Ott? You know, I mean, great, great players, but yeah. he seems to be at a level higher than them because of the infamous White Sox yeah. stuff. Question, and I think that's where you scratch your head. I think he had, uh, don't hold me to it, but off the top of my head, like a 356, a I think, or something like that. Average. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. And then let's not forget that Babe Ruth is the one that says he patterns his swing after Joe Jackson. Yeah, good swing. Point. Good I didn't point. hear him say that he patterned it after Harry Heilman. So, <laughs> no, no I mean, he might have gone the other way. He might have become one of the, the big four. I mean, you never know. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, right. Well, have been a level or two above Heilman or Hooper yeah. or Sam Crawford or guys of that nature. And I think he was more, um, you know, towards. What JM's saying, maybe maybe he's a, a Ruth, a Cobb, a, a Joe Jackson, etc. Good point. So. It's kind of to me like with non-sports memorabilia. It's a lot like JFK. There's a haunting. There's a what if yeah, quality that it's a sad reason for maybe his items to be more alluring to to consumers, but it's a fact. That's a good point. You know? Very good point, Brian. You know, football cards. You've got some some really cool football cards in the auction. Tell us about them. Football. You know, for the first. 15, 20 years that I was collecting, football was kind of just vanilla. Yeah. But it seems mm. now as though football cards, and I'm not talking modern and ultra-modern. I'm saying even the vintage stuff, the Jimmy Browns, yeah. you know, all the, the uh, Paul Hornings, those cards seem to be, you know, really kind of picking up ahead of steam. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it probably, you know, falls in line with uh, football having uh, eclipsed and moved well beyond baseball as our as our national uh, treasure, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, when when we were young, baseball was it. There was no question about it. And I remember going to card shows, and if we bought collections, it seems laughable now. But the the football and basketball cards, and God forbid the hockey, they just got thrown in. <laughs> that was exactly. Part of it. He's right. You know, Rico. Rico's a big football right. guy. Yeah. I just sold Rico yeah. a dozen and a half. Mac Jones cars for a dollar ninety five, buck ninety five, and they but are actually a little down. less brittle than Mac. <laughs> look, and, and football is all the rage. I mean, when you're sitting talking around a water cooler, I, we don't talk about baseball like we used to. Right, right, it's right. all about football. It's all about fantasy. Your fantasy team and the spread on this game, and who's going to get in. Uh, if it's not pro, who's getting in the college football playoffs and things of that nature. So it, that's kind of Let's the captivating thing. And what happens from there is obviously we look at guys like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. But then just like we do with baseball, we want to find out about the guys before them and then before those. So we're all the way back to Unitas and Jim Brown and, and, and that that era. So let's let's talk about that for a minute. You know, football. Sports books, FanDuel, you know, fantasy, fantasy, all of that. Is that going to affect the game? Are we ever going to get to a point, and I'm going to throw this out of both of you. Are we ever going to get to a point where Joe Smith running back is going to bet against his team? Well, not I mean, for bet against I this. I think team. it's already happening, and some guys have gotten in trouble for it. I mean, it's so easy now; it's right on your phone. You go to DraftKings or any one of those apps, and you can bet right on the phone. But is it going to affect? It's already affecting the game. I mean, is it not affecting the coverage of the game? Watch your pregame shows. It's all about betting and fantasy. Yeah, now. Right, but my point is, you know? is that it. And I agree with you, and Brian. I want you to jump in here. My my question is, 
the out is the outcome of the game going to be in jeopardy because of somebody playing on a team betting against his own team yeah. dropping that pass is yeah. that is that possible brian i guess it's always possible you know and, and for all we know it's it's happened um like john right. touched on i mean the everything and that's why football i think has jumped uh, two reasons it's kind of jumped to the forefront and ahead of baseball. Uh, and, and it's because it, it appeals to our most basic instincts. It, it's literally uh, the modern day gladiators let out in the, uh, you know, yeah. in the Coliseum. Right. Right? And we get sure. to watch right. them, uh, you know, uh, basically commit, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, it's unreal. But I know. Okay. And it also is so closely uh related to gambling and uh yeah. it fits much more than that you know in that realm than than baseball does george george so, george, george for will. Know, and for all we know something like that has already taken place i was watching the i watched the baseball documentary that was from 93 every time it, every time it comes so on, I, I I watch, do the same george thing. will had a great line he said football appeals to the two worst things in america it's violence interrupted by committee meetings <laughs> he said that, and he was right on he's, he's you know? right on <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, uh, you have an unopened vending box. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that. that. From 64, it's the high number series. Um, you know, we offered it about four or five years ago. Unfortunately, our consigner uh, was the guy that won it in the auction and, and decided to move on from it. And those are so fun to be able to offer because just it's the it's. It's the unknown. Exactly. We don't know what's in there. You know, so, I, 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 uh, I, I can't. I have a hard time, and I know I, everybody thinks I'm, I'm a lunatic about it. But the whole concept of buying like an unopened cello pack and buying it and not opening it, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, but I can see, I can see the rationale behind right. it, but I don't think, I, I don't think I, I would be tempted. You're like, you want to open I want to open this son of a bitch. <laughs> you go back to being 10. You exactly. Wanna... <laughs> right. I mean, that's just the way it is. Brian, what about yeah. signed cards? You've got quite a few signed cards. Yeah. We're able to get a really nice collection and, uh, it was complete sets nearly, of signed cards starting all the way from 58 through about 80, um, 88. And uh, there's probably 10, 12 sets within those years where they're either mostly signed or, in fact, a couple of them from the top sets of the 80s are completely signed, which if you just think about it, how in the world does somebody get 792 cards signed? <laughs> you know, it's hard enough to get the 792 cards, but then every one of these has been signed. So right. that, that's really cool. And uh, I think that's really become a, a, a focal point of a lot of people's collections, whereas it used to be somewhat taboo to get more, in the case of expensive cards, yeah. typically rookie it's like cards. like, you didn't do that. Signed. Yeah, yeah now I, it, It's uh, like the it, thing to do. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if you know Tom Ruggie. Uh, Tom, yeah. yeah so, uh, Tom's collection. Tom's got a. Uh, he's been working on it for years. He's got a fifty-two set. Yeah, I know. Almost complete now. Yeah, all signed. Unbelievable. That's crazy. I mean, that's it? like yeah. crazy. I know. It's crazy. I know. Brian, you have a ton of Roberto Clemente uh, cards. You even have some Willie Stargell cards. Did you like? Yeah. Raid the, did you raid the cellar at like Three Rivers Stadium or something and go to Pittsburgh? <laughs> you know, I did. Uh, we're just always so fortunate to our consigners and, yeah. and one 
consigner. Those the the Stargels and the Clemenes came from one consigner. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, it starts in '55 and goes right oh. through '73 with the uh, Clemente and '63 through, I guess, uh, the early '80s with Stargel. But yeah. In the case of Clemente, it's almost all nines with a 10 on the 72 tops. That's pretty cool, man. And then uh, the the Stargels, aside from the nine on the rookie and maybe one other year, 67 or so, um, everything else is 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 a 10. Yeah, and those Stargel ones, you don't see a lot of stuff. Like, those are pretty neat cards. You man. know, when, when, yeah. that, when, yeah. uh, when uh, uh, Mike Russick comes on, he's got a Clemente Gamer glove. Combine yeah. both. You know, Brian's going to be with us. Maybe they, they, you know, they can buy the card and, and the glove. Is right? Clemente still hot? Still on oh, the yeah. right? Yeah, he's still yeah, right. He's he'll always be. Yeah. Popular. Yeah. Hey, right, listen, uh, before we take a break, we got a few minutes. Why don't you tell us about our friend Tom Ruggi? I well, love Zap, I want to talk think? to you about our friend Tom Ruggi. It's funny you say that. I know that. It's almost like we rehearsed. <laughs> Also, his staff at Destiny Wealth Management. Trust if me, we didn't rehearse. Not as, <laughs> not as, we, as we always say, show as the prep, beginning of the show, show prep you, is our enemy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If you're a card or memorabilia collector, have you ever thought about how to manage your collection long term? Well, I certainly have. Look at my personal collection, and through the advice and expertise of Tom Rusey, I've learned that you need a professional to help categorize, evaluate, and eventually put a liquidation plan together with dealers or auctioneers if you or your family decides to sell your collection. Most importantly, you need to be aware of the tax ramifications when you liquidate. So, if you're ready to get some expert advice on managing your personal collection, because it's really an investment. You think? I do think. Go to Tom Ruggi and the Wealth Management Group. And don't forget, Ruggi Wealth Management will also handle all of your investment needs. That's Ruggi Wealth Management, the go-to company to manage your collective. You know, decisions. he's cutting edge, man. I'll tell you why. He is. Because he, is. He, he gets it and he's seeing what's happening in the in the hobby. Again, it's it's an well, industry. You now. know, he's a he's a he's a guy, and I tell you, we talk to him a lot about he's a guy that loves the game, loves the sports and everything, but he he's got that great balance between the business and the and the my, emotion. My investment you know? guy who uh, you may or may not know, um, uh, Bob Sure. I don't know. Do you know Bobby? I'm not sure. Um, pretty good. Uh his his company, he's got he's got two sons that are that are collectors and yep. they're big time collectors. They are really learning this part of the business, and they're going to be giving financial advice, incorporating it into your portfolio, good idea. into your investment portfolio. It's a good idea, whether yep. it be uh, IRAs or yep. you know, I think it's a good thing to do. No doubt. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Brian's going to be with us for the whole time. We're going to bring in another pro, Mike Russick uh, from Gray Flannel, great company. Memorabilia heavy, yeah, which is what I like. It's got some great stuff. I bought a Rico shirt from him. You know, <laughs> why would you do that? Wouldn't you just go to Rico? You know house something. I did one? it out of the goodness of my heart. Oh, I wanted to. It's a signed Rico shirt. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with it, but <laughs> I have it. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, 
quality and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned, the highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Hey, I'm Mike Petroselli. 
If your company is looking for the best in marketing and promotional items, you'll hit a home run with Petroselli Marketing. With over 8,000 suppliers and 650,000 imprint-ready items, we can get your company the visibility it needs to get your maximum exposure. Whether it be office promotions, wearables, automotive, sports items, and everything in between, Petroselli Marketing can do it all. Our design staff will even work with you from concept to delivery and customize your products. At Petroselli Marketing Group, we will get your brand in front of your audience. Contact us at info at PetroselliMKT.com or call us at 603-880-3202. That's Petroselli Marketing, where no dream is impossible. So... How does your company or organization do promotions? Imprinted products keep your brand in front of your customers more than any other form of advertising. For the best on-time service and new ideas for your next project, give Petroselli Marketing Group a call at 800-264-4294 or email mp at petrocellimkt.com. Okay, we are back. And as you can see, Mike Russick from Great Flannel Auctions is in the house with us. Michael, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me again. Hi, Mike. Mike, you know uh, uh, Brian, right? You guys know each other. Yeah, Brian and I are old friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. How are you doing, Mike? All right, hanging in there. We're doing good. 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 Uh, you have an auction that's ending on December 10th. You've got some really cool Humbly, stuff. I mean, yeah. Talk, I mean, he's got, I, he, this auction's great. I know. But he, <laughs> this, this hit great flannel, man. Like, they, uh, they, it's uh, awesome stuff. When it comes to, yeah. the, to the memorabilia part of it. Uh, we were talking before you came on that uh, you have a Clemente Gamer, a game-used glove. Uh, maybe we can partner that with the Clemente cards and people can buy on both auctions. Tell us about the glove, uh, Mike, would you? Absolutely. The glove is super cool. Uh, so this is a Clemente game use glove from the early 60s. Really unique, trap easy uh, webbing in there. You know, beautiful condition, great patina. They're really rare. Uh, there's only two other really documented Clemente game use gloves on the market. This one's currently in like the $50,000 range ending on Sunday. We'll see what happens. Um, one of the unique aspects about this glove, which I think is really cool, is the guys at PSA were able to document that Clemente would write his iconic number 21 on all his bats in his own hand. Yeah. And this glove features that same style of 21. So it's believed that Clemente actually wrote the 21 on there, broke it in, wore it for a season. It's really fantastic. So cool. So cool. You know, we talk about Clemente. We talk about Joe Jackson. All these guys have that sad kind of what-if quality. Another guy that has that what-if quality is Koufax, who walked away from the game really at the height of his powers as a pitcher. But he's chose health, you know, over longevity. You have a Koufax game-used glove. Can you talk about that a little bit, Mike? We do. We do. Obviously, Koufax is super collectible in the hobby. Yeah. Uh, You know, the cornerstone of a lot of major collections is Koufax himself. This glove is early in his career, which makes it very unique. Uh, It's a Brooklyn Dodgers glove, which adds a lot of appeal as opposed to being 57 when they went to L.A. Um, You know, currently it's probably the lead item in our sale, but we'll see what happens on Sunday. And Brian, by the way, jump in anytime, you know, because I know you know all this, you know, the the memorabilia part of it. There's one piece that you have that really intrigued me because I was a big fan of his growing up. Uh, You have an Ernie Davis Mm. game-used jersey, man. That is really cool. Tell us about that. Right. If you know who Ernie Davis is, it's the history of college running backs. Um, He was incredible. 
and he actually never got to play in the pros. Right. But the season that he finished in school, he won the Heisman Trophy. We have a jersey from that season. Dirt stains, huge repairs. was actually given by the equipment man after it was taken off his back that is to cool, a family man. friend in attendance that day. Really cool piece. Yeah, that, see, that's the stuff that I, that I love. We're chatting uh, with Mike Russick from Gray Flannel. Uh, hey, Mike, uh, you also have kind of, uh, you call it Americana. you got some really cool stuff from Marilyn Monroe, JFK. Can you tell, I mean, I didn't realize that you get into that stuff pretty heavily, but you do. Can you tell us about some of those pieces? We do. We're not exactly just sports, although that's obviously our main focus. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of pieces in the sale, including just a gold coin, some items from the JFK estate, which actually was sourced from his original nanny, uh, an actual personally street-worn polo, and a long-sleeve shirt from JFK, which is really unique. Hey, um, that's that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Is. yeah, We've got an x-ray um, in this sale. It's sports-related, but not necessarily. We've got Wilt Chamberlain's street-worn shirt that he wore out to a club one day, really bohemian and crazy looking. I saw that. <laughs> no, yeah. Interesting stuff. It's, a, it's almost like a dashiki. I'm, I'm guessing he did well that night too in the club. <laughs> uh, you know, Hey, Brian, can you comment a little bit on the, um, the allure? We talked with this before you have a, you actually in your auction have a 68 wax pack, Robert Kennedy uh, wax pack deep in your auction. Can you talk about the yeah. Kennedys in terms of like non-sports and how did they, you, they, how did you, you picked up on that dude, one? I do prep. I do show prep. Jesus I Christ. Do, that I, one got by me. I go beyond the first page on the, on the <laughs> auction website, dude. So can you just talk about the Kennedys? They have sort of this eternal sort of attraction in life and with collecting. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I think it goes right back to what we talked about with Joe Jackson and, and, and other things. It, it's the unknown factor. Obviously, you know, uh, Kennedy was taken from us uh, in 63 early. He's young. Um, and so you, you, there's always the what if factor. And uh, Kennedy's uh, just they're almost like American royalty. So, uh, you know, Camelot and right. there's a lot going on there and a lot to follow. So it uh, uh, I did see those items in uh, in Mike's auction, and uh, they're, they're really intriguing. So that, that's really cool stuff. Mike, you also have a ton of uh, basketball jerseys, mm. gamers. Tell us about those, man. you got some really cool stuff. Yeah, basketball is probably our bread and butter. Um, you know, we've been leading in that marketplace for a long time. We've got a Jerry West knit that's really interesting. You never see Jerry West stuff come up. Uh, I've got behind me right here is a Dr. J warm-up that he wore in the 76-77 season. That's cool. Uh, he was actually wearing this on the court when he received the All-Star Game MVP award. So a beautiful photo match. You could see that, you know, the metal buttons used to have sure. paint, blue paint over them. And because of multiple washings and wearing it wears away in a certain pattern, you can actually see these defects in the photo. That's super neat. cool stuff. Yeah. That's really great. That's awesome. Hey, you know, we were talking about, and Tom did his uh, Gax moment on man caves. If you're willing, if you want to add something to your man cave, you've got like uh, stadium seats and turnstiles in this auction yeah, from do. stadiums. Talk yeah, about some, some of the stuff. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. uh, the stadium seats I think are really cool. Yeah. You know, you think about memorabilia, it's memories. You form these memories by sitting in these stadium seats, watching these games. Um, and they're still functional. You know, they're not, 
high end where you can't touch them. You can still sit and have a good time and have a beer, watch the game. It's pretty cool. Uh, hey, Brian, by the way, when does your auction end? Yeah, we end next Thursday, the 14th. Um, so it, it, it'll be here before we know it, about 10 days. Awesome, awesome. Hey, uh, Mike, uh, I also noticed you had a, a, a signed root ball that was really kind of a cool-looking piece. Um, tell us about it. I believe we've got two team sign balls that both feature Ruth on the sweet spot. Uh, one is a Brooklyn Dodgers ball, which is pretty unique. You know, most guys don't even remember that Ruth was a Brooklyn Dodger yep. at the end of his career. That's pretty rare. And then the other one is a 29 ball with eight other Yankees. Um, you know, really beautiful and bold. Ruth on the sweet spot. Nice patina to the ball. They're pretty strong. Very cool. cool we, we've, we've got about two minutes left, Mike. I want to run this, uh, this question by you. <clears throat> your, your, your base, your customer base is it more vintage collectors, or do you see the younger hobbyists kind of gravitating towards uh, what you guys are doing? <clears throat> I think with the way that the MLB auctions work and the NBA running auctions constantly on their platform now directly after the games, we're bringing in a younger crowd. So on the vintage items, you know, the higher price points, sure. I don't think the younger generation is quite there yet to step up into those price points, but the actual population of the collectors I am seeing a younger poll. Awesome. I did buy, as I mentioned, I did buy, a, 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 I think it was a 1970s uh, Rico jersey from Mike Cup, I don't know, maybe six or eight months ago, signed. Yeah. I just picked up uh, another Rico piece from uh, Leland's. I picked up Rico's, the last bat that he used in his career. Um, <laughs> bicentennial bat. Yeah, 76. It was last I, I year. Have yeah. it. I, it came yesterday. Yeah. And it's a cool piece. I'm going to give it a read. Oh, that's neat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have him sign I it. I love it. I love it. And give it to him <laughs> as, a, as a Christmas gift. Uh, I mean, we're, listen, we're supposed to enjoy all this stuff. Exactly. You know? Exactly. 100%. All right. So your website address uh, is Michael what? It's Gray Flannel Auctions. We have our December 10th auction ending on Sunday. It's over 1,000 lots. You guys can hop on, peruse. If you see anything you're interested in, register with us, and we'll get you all set up to bid. And Mr. Drent, your website address? Yeah, it's milehighcardco.com, milehighcardco.com. And uh, just to take it the next step, we end the 14th, and um, we will uh, – uh, you know, jump on our website, uh, take a look at what we have and register and uh, we'll get you approved to, to bid as well. All right. Listen, uh, don't forget uh, to our viewers and listeners, we are going to be doing, if you want to make a contribution to the little smiles, go to the link. We really hope that you will make a contribution. Uh, it's to a great cause. We're going to be talking about it a lot. And, uh, as I said, we've got a lot of our sponsors that are donating some really cool pieces uh, for the auction that we're going to be doing live in Florida. With that being said, Mike, thanks so much. Brian, thanks so much to our viewers and listeners. We can't thank you guys enough for the support. It's been it's been like kind of overwhelming. Oh, fantastic. I it's mean, great. the podcast stuff, all that, you know, yeah. it's, it's all just and check out these two auctions because there's some really, really good stuff. Yeah. With that being said, happy collecting.
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.